Hi, Eden. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm feeling pretty fantastic. Good. Had a great day so far. So good. Um, thanks for joining me this afternoon. You got stuck in traffic on the way here. To our yeah, I went to lunch with a buddy of mine and then um, it's on the other side of town. So on the way back, I got I ended up getting stuck in traffic. Well, tell us a little bit about um, where do you live? I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico. In um, just Albuquerque, New Mexico, it's a it's a pretty crazy city. <laughs> I've never been before. What's it what's it what's it like there? I love it. I I, I really enjoy it, and um, I've been here for seven years now um, in Albuquerque. I grew up in Los Lunas, which is south of here, and I was there for like 10, 15 years, or not 10, 15, like, I don't even know, like twenty years, I guess. And uh, came here after Bible college, but I've been, I, I love it, love the food, love the culture, love the people, and it just, I enjoy it greatly. The, the last time that you and I chatted, um, I was trying to remember how we first met. Actually, we were talking about when's the, when's the last time we saw each other in person. The one and only time we've ever seen each other in person, because we've had multiple phone uh, chats over the last mm -hmm. few years. And did we trace it back to, was it NYC 2019? And Yeah, it was NYC. Um, we were in that big old uh, conference room, not the conference room, the activity room with, yeah. with all the college booths and all that stuff. That's right. Um, but our conversation started uh, at least, a, I think, a couple years before that. And I was trying to remember how I got onto your trail, like who shared your name with me and then I ended up and calling you and I was running some ideas by you and learning from you about young adult ministry, which brings us to today. Yeah. But who, who do you think it is we have to blame that you and I are becoming friends? I think Jordan West. Okay. That's fair. Is, is we'll, culprit. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll throw the shade and lay the blame at her doorstep. <laughs> yeah, Jordan. We got yeah, your number. Connected. She's connected everywhere. And, and you guys uh, are part of the same church together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're on staff together at Heights First Church. Awesome. In Albuquerque. Yes. Yeah. And what's your role at the church there? So I'm the currently the outreach pastor and kind of serving in an associate role. So just anything that's needed around the church. But my main focus is uh, outreach, getting people uh, in the in the church outside of the building and, and getting engaged with community stuff, community outreach, community activities, um, that kind of thing. Cool. So, I mean, COVID's kind of put a kibosh on a lot of that stuff. What is, mm -hmm. what, what's one project you're working now on right now with that role, engaging the community? So we have two things that we've been working on and during COVID is actually when we were able to get these things taken off surprisingly was mm -hmm. uh, the first one is there's a, a school in our, in our immediate, like one mile circumference of the, of the building, a uh, high school that, that I've been reaching out to the schools for three years trying to get a foot in the door in one way or the other. And during COVID, this school finally decided to, to allow us in and allow us to just say hi and, and engage with them. And so we've been, you know, building up a, a relationship with them, giving them, you know, Christmas gifts for the work they've been doing and, and donuts. And, and they've invited us to be on their teacher appreciation committee. And, and so we've been just building a relationship there with the school, trying to get engaged with the staff and, let them know we appreciate what they do for our community. And then there's another organization called Saranam here in Albuquerque that is, uh, helps, uh, helps people transition from homelessness to into, you know, not being homeless and, and being, being able to basically turn their lives around completely. And so we've just been working on a few projects with them, helping them with their, with their uh, buildings and, and, you know, their, what do you call them? Their yards, kind of, not, not, their courtyards. We've, we've redone their courtyard and we have another project coming up in the next few weeks again with them. And that's, that's just the two, the two main projects that we've been working on. There's, there's a few other things that we've been building on, but they're just a little bit uh, out of reach right now. They're just, a little, they, they require a little bit too much. And so we've just been trying to, you know, ease back a little bit on those things. So to give me backstory on your, passion with young adult ministry and and maybe some on on the kind of the arc of of your um calling and the lord leading you into ministry okay so 
young with young adults, it was kind of one of those things that, you know, in, in every church, if you're a young adult that still goes to church, you're put into a position of leadership where, <laughs> where you're now in charge of the young adults because you are a young adult. And uh, right. It, it happened. Right. Yeah. You're qualified. As long as you're 18, you're qualified. And so I've always been connected with young adult ministry. Um, but when I came to Heights, it was the first time where there was something actually there. You know, the other churches that I had been at before, they, you know, they wanted young adult stuff. They wanted young adult organizations built and, and there just really wasn't anything there. But when I got to Heights, we actually had a group and at the district wide, you know, um, district wide we had things going for the young adults but there was nothing specific and so the nyi president jordan asked me to to be the to, to to come up with something to do something for the for the young adults at the district level and uh i thought it was going to be easy you know or something that that was already being worked on before uh, but it was not there was you know nobody had done anything before and it was a brand new idea and so i i volunteered not knowing what it was and realizing what it was and then having to build something up from the ground, from the ground up. And um, it's just been, it's been rewarding knowing that we've actually been able to build something and, and we found the niche of community that really the key to everything is closeness with one another. And that's been, you know, the most successful uh, aspect of, of, successful young adult ministry in my in my own opinion is just keeping a close community with the people that you are wanting to reach with or wanting to, to you know engage with mm -hmm. is to just have a relationship with them um but as far as my call to ministry it's it was um, I, I was called into young into teen ministry and just being within teen ministry i've realized there's so much other stuff that can be done um, but I still, you know, my heart is still with, with, with teens and, and working with, with kids and helping them understand the presence of God, helping them understand the Bible, helping them understand their own individual walks and, and their own, you know, their own lives. Um, but with young adult ministry, it's, they're just older teens, really. It's, it's, it's not too much different. They have jobs now and they have, you know, money and <laughs> and responsibilities and stuff like that. And don't have to sign release waivers. And, yeah, you don't have to sign yeah. release waivers. That was the biggest thing about the Young Adult Conference that I was, I was always surprised about. I was like, well, who signs what? And I was like, oh, they're all 18. We don't, don't have, have to. to. Anything. Yeah. yeah, we don't have to sign anything. <laughs> um, describe what local young adult ministry looks like and how that spills over into some of the, the awesome stuff that you've been doing on the district. So local, it uh, before well lo local, it's it's just being together. It's just finding time and, and finding ways to be together, get to know each other, tell each other what's going on. Um, really focusing on on life together and and building on on that, and you know asking each other the hard questions and and answering them. You know, not shying away from difficult subjects, difficult topics, and. And so we, we, you know, we, before pre-COVID, as far as the young adults go, we just, we would meet for Bible study on Tuesdays. And then one other night a week, we, sometimes we'd, we'd hang out just at someone's house or we'd go to a restaurant and hang out, we'd go to a park. Uh, but we made it a habit of just getting deeply involved in each other's lives, mm -hmm. not just showing up to things because it's available. It's really being friends with one another, depending on one another, you know, leaning on one another and calling for help if somebody needs something or, or, you know, can you cover me for this? Yeah, I got you kind of a thing. It's, it's just really tight knit community. And so in the young adult um, district kind of scenario, I, I realized that's what we need to do just in general, like for the district, just those that are, those that want to show up when they show up, let's just focus on community. Let's just focus on on getting to know one another better and support each other because I, I feel like a lot of what the church is lacking is support. You know, a lot of young adults are, are lacking support from, from the church. And so I feel like it's, it's our responsibility then to support one another, to build each other up and to engage with each other so that we can, you know, we can ask the questions that people are wanting to ask, but can't seem to ask in, in you know, the church setting. Uh, you know the big the big church the the sanctuary kind of a thing uh we want to i want to make it a, a 
an environment where we can ask each other things and, and engage with each other and challenge each other and really grow in that, in that way. Yeah. Cool. I, that's what I found most rewarding and helpful and what young adults in, in my local context are, are, are looking for with our church is it's like, well, they've got Bible studies to go to. They have worship services to be a part of. They, um, they want to connect doing real life, everyday stuff, building community with other young adults that are seeking to follow Christ. Yeah. And um, so it's encouraging for me to hear that um, I'm not crazy. It's not all about trying to host a Bible study or a young adult worship service, and then trying to get young adults to get to come to something that I created because somebody else, or I thought it was a good idea, but young adults are kind of like, meh. Um, we've already got that. Like, can't we just go hiking together? Can't we just get together and watch a movie? Can't we like, there's authentic Christian relationship that is fostered in the midst of just doing everyday things and, and activities just to be people Mm -hmm. together. And the last time you and I talked, you, you were sharing about what, um, the district retreat, well, maybe tell me if this is a more, um, authentic way to say district retreat in your setting is that, you guys started doing a retreat that you invited other young adults on the district to be a part of. And it's kind of grown out of being a district retreat, but not because it's sponsored necessarily by the district, but because there are people in the network of Nazarene churches that are involved in young adult ministry, getting together and creating a retreat that they're inviting young adults to. Is that pretty accurate? That's pretty accurate. Yeah. The, the, the bulk of, of our young adults, um, on the district that, that show up to the event are young adults that are involved in the church that are involved in their individual Nazarene churches in one way or the other, you know, they're, they're a drummer in the church. They work with the kids. They work with the, the babies or, or their janitors or whatever. There, there's, there's, there's some level of involvement with all the young adults that show up to this event. And uh, the, the bulk of them though, come from youth ministry. And so whenever we get together for teen camp, where all the young adults, you know, all the, the, the youth workers have such a tight knit community because we we're just there with each other and we like each other. And so we talk, we engage. And then by the way, you know, we have this thing for young adults coming up in a couple of weeks, invite your, your church friends, invite your, your, you know, you invite the young adults in, in your, in your, in your church. And, and that has been more, that has been more successful than any marketing thing we've ever done. Um, I've, I've found that, you know, get trying to get ads and trying to get posters on the wall just don't work with young adults it's it's all word of mouth and if you can if you can get somebody that's important in the building to say hey you young adult you should go to this thing they'll more likely go more than than if they see a poster if they get an email if they get a you know an instagram post they're more likely to show up if somebody tells them to go that one-on-one uh, invite yeah one-on-one invite if they're personally invited they're more likely to show up yep me too. That makes sense. Yeah. For sure. I mean, some of the other stuff can help, but it can sometimes just be a distraction and noise and, and suck time instead of like leveraging um, relationship. And, and, and I, I think you and I are the same mind at heart on this too, that it's not about how many mm-hmm. it's, it's about how much genuine community can, can we actually um, create space for and, and cultivate um community is one of those interesting words and and things because it's like okay we're gonna build community and then you start doing that stuff and you're like uh it feels a little disjointed when you're trying yeah just (laughs) get together and be people and follow jesus and but i i think um i'm again really inspired by that more informal um retreat setting that you're inviting uh, uh young other young adults into how old are you eden 29. 29. And you're married? Yes. How long now? Four years. Kids? One. I have a seven-month-old little girl. Yeah. 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 Pandemic baby. Yeah. No, That's really. Right. right before, right before it all hit. <laughs> like, I mean, oh, one no. of those, those kids are like, you're you don't even remember, but there was this pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, here you are as a as that that upper end of millennial young adult hosting things for young adults and myself as 
somebody in their 40s and as a Gen Xer, I'm coming to you to learn and to apply and want to know your thoughts and, and glean things from you. So here's my next question. Um, do you, are there any like resources that you'd recommend for young adult ministry that you found helpful to be a study or a series, maybe an app, a website, other examples that I put in the notes that we're sharing together or something even better that you thought of? So I have, I have, if, if anybody wants it, I have a, uh, a template for if somebody wants to create a young adult retreat, I have that, you know, it, it gives some resources, it gives some guidance, it gives some kind of steps of what to focus on, what to ignore. Um, but as, as far as like, if, if somebody came to me and said, I want to, I want to start a young adult ministry in my church, what do I do? The very first thing I would say is take the young adults that are there, take them out to lunch, just get to know them ask them and genuinely be can be interested in what they have going on. Don't just, you know, try to get to know them because you want them to eventually show up and serve in your church. That's just, that's going to scare them off. If, if you want genuine young adult ministries to grow within your church, you have to have genuine interest in young adults, meaning you have to be okay with, again, the hard questions. I think that's, that's one of the biggest things that most people ignore is, Young adults have questions that people don't want to answer because they're too much of this, they're too much of that, they're too, they're too ambiguous. They're, they don't, or there's not a, an easy answer for it. It's too, it's not a black and white thing. It's not even a gray and lighter gray. So I think the the best thing that people can do to prepare is take take young adults out to lunch and then study as much as you possibly can about current events you know, podcasts, books, um, interviews, li listen to what young adults are listening to and, and try I think to that's find key right there. Yeah. Cause I can listen to all the stuff that I'm interested in, but as I get to know, uh, young adults and I find out what they're interested in, I need to dip my, my toes into that to kind of have oh. a, a point of reference to ask questions about. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's vital. If, if you're ignoring what they're listening to, you're not going to reach out to them. You're not going to make any connection with them. Yeah. Well, I, it's it's good just to share my friendship with you with, with other people, Eden, whether they're following along live right now, they catch it later on Facebook, or we're recording this and we're going we're gonna to post it up on the Young Adult uh, Ministry podcast uh, so, uh, socials and, and, and as an audio um, that hopefully people can find just, I don't know, inspiration and encouragement from a new friend and in, in you. Um, but the book by Beth Severson, Not Done Yet, is what brings us together today. Um, and I'm super curious about what you think so far as you've gotten into the introduction and into chapter one and just how the initial in, um, just reading of uh, Beth's thoughts are, are hitting you. How, how is it sitting with you? I've, I've enjoyed it. It's brought up a lot of things that I think are important um, that, you know, weren't brought up in another books that I've read before. Um, the, I, I highlighted several different parts of, of the book, several different, you know, little, little things that, that were said. And I, I've just, I've, been, I've enjoyed it. I've, I've thought it, I've thought it to, found it to be a, a, a good resource for understanding um, where, where we're coming from. And where we want to go, I, you know, I've only read the first, you know, two chapters, the intro and, and chapter one. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know where it's going. Um, there are a few questions that I have about whether or not they're going to be, you know, whether or not they're going to be addressed is entirely, you know, I don't, I don't know if they will be. Um, but well, bring it. Let, let, let's hear what you got. Let's hear what you're highlighting. Let's hear which what questions have you got. So the questions that I have are mostly, are they going to address what the church has failed to do directly to young adults? Um, because it, you know, it keeps talking about what young adults used to be in the church and what they are now. Um, but it, it, it seems like they're glossing over why they did those things and, and why they've ignored those things. And so I'm, I'm interested in seeing if they, if, if she goes into, if she goes into that later on in the book. Um, what was an example of that? Uh, let me let me look in my. What what is something that you feel like is being glossed over that should be uh, addressed and and you're hoping that will be? 
So it's not one specific instance, um, but but you know it keeps it keeps talking about like the difference in young adults. Uh, let, me, let me read one of the highlights. The difference is young adults engage these destructive behaviors with a greater intensity than their parents due to wider exposure to availability and con of contraceptives, information, drugs, alcohol, and purchasing while so and purchasing ease while at the same time living in a much more relaxed society. And so my note there was that basically young adults are dealt a, a bad hand. They're starting out with a bad hand, and 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 it keeps kind of going in that same tone. You know, for many emerging adults, life is in a postmodern world. Um, let's see. The the extended financial dependency on parents and family and and recreational sex due to easily acquired birth control. Uh, it claims to be one of the like the the reason that young adults have sex, and I don't I don't I don't think that's accurate. I don't think young adults have sex because there's more contraceptives. I think young adults have sex because they want to have sex. Mm. Um, and but 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 like those kinds of things, it, it's it's looking at it's looking at the 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 issues from a from a like a ten thousand foot view, not you know boots on the ground in person. But it's only the first chapter. That's why I'm saying I I'm sure she'll go into it. If this if this book is you know if it was published I'm sure she went into it because it's 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 leaving me with a lot of questions, um, but I think it I think it'll eventually go into it. But the thing that I found most intriguing was the portion on identity mm -hmm. and individual identity. I think I think that's really good that that's what they that's what they started with, because identity is is huge. Like like I said, if if you want to connect with young adults, you need to listen to what they're listening to because that's forming their identity. And um, when I when I first started getting more involved with young adults, I, I was listening to what everybody else was listening to, but with the intention of being able to change their mind into something different. You know what I mean? Like trying to convince them like, well, this is why that's wrong. This is yeah, why you, that's you had wrong. an agenda. Yeah, I had an agenda. And I quickly realized that's not gonna work. That's not the way to do anything. That's not the way to convince people and so I just started listening to what they were listening to and trying to find out, okay, well, why are they listening to that? Why do they, why are they craving that kind of a thing? And I mean, that, that it takes more steps that way. You have to look at more things that way, um, read more books with that and listen to more interviews. But I, I eventually, not, not that I have it figured out, but, but I've eventually realized young adults and everyone really, but just, you know, we're talking about young adults today. Young adults want to find their identity because they have been told what they're supposed to believe and they're just supposed to believe it. And mm -hmm. that's just not sat well with them. And it's, you know, it's because philosophies of parenting have changed over the years. And, and a lot of what some parents are worried about today is, is a, you know, their, their young adults are too much of this, too much of that. And it's like, it's kind of your fault. Um, it's it's kind of you know, the way you you raise them, and and perhaps you did a little bit less of some things, a little bit more of other things. And I'm not trying to like blame parents and say like your kids messed up because you because right. you're a bad parent. That's not what I mean. I just mean your kids doing some things that you don't agree with because they grew up in a different environment than what you grew up in. Um, and so. You know, young adults they they want to find their identity and they're looking everywhere because they've been they have been told for the longest time this is what you need to believe in, and don't question it that's just what you have to do and do my that. first question in that scenario is is why which is a problem because i just got told not to ask a question and i question the whole premise of not asking questions why you know <laughs> and yeah. and what i what i'm hearing from 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 you and reading so far, and, and even in the pre-conversation to the book just now, um, just being together gives time and space for those questions to emerge and for us to journey together. And I, I think, I mean, th this is just a book, right? It's not going to answer all of, all of the questions that we have. Yeah. But I, th I think that the author is setting us up for success by by helping people that are in young adult ministry that have a heart for young adults that, that want to journey along with young adults, mm -hmm. um, that, that, that is a, it's a good thing to ask questions and to have questions asked of yeah. us, of the church, 
about faith and that we're not just trying to, um, this isn't about having it all together and all figured out and just blindly accepting everything, but a key component of, and I'm, I'm asking what you think about this, agree or disagree, but a key component of young adult ministry is really being able to mix it up with difficult questions, not just easy ones, not just safe ones, but mm. real nitty gritty questions that begin to arise from authentic relationship. If you walk into a group of strangers and you just throw, a, you know, you lob a question bomb that you know is going to be controversial and you're mm-hmm. going to end up in an argument. I'm not sure that that's a great way to start off uh, friendships. Mm-hmm. But if you start with right. friendship and and then those questions be able to emerge and you ask why they think this way or why they, you know, um, why they have that perspective on this and where is that coming from? And let, you know, can you tell me more about that? That's that's a more helpful way that I appreciate being engaged with than somebody trying to convince me of their point of view. Right, and I think I think one of the one of the issues is you know we're 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 told kind of we we grow up in this environment of you know you have to have blind faith, and I, I don't want to make a blanket statement, but blind faith for the most part is shallow faith. I think if you just believe what you're told to believe because you have to believe it, you don't understand why you believe it. Therefore, you don't understand you don't understand why you can't do certain things. You just know you can't, um, and that that doesn't seem. You're just not productive. owning it. It's not yours. Yeah, and you know, even the the question of of sin, you know, teens in in youth ministry ask, well, why can't we do that? Why can't we do this? Why can't we do that? And when when I was a teen and I asked those questions. They would tell me because God said so, just don't do it. And that was the response. And that's what I grew up with was God said so, that I just can't do it. But that, that didn't keep me from doing those things. But so when, when a teen asks me, why can't we do certain things? I tell them like there's destruction in, in sin. That's why it's sinful. Sinful is sin is sin because it, it destroys. Yeah. It's not it's not that God's just being picky. He's like, oh, I'm going to be annoyed by this sin today. It's no sin is destructive. Sin is damaging. And so we avoid it because it's not because it's annoying to God, but because it's bad. It's bad for us. It's bad for our relationship with him. And so the same with, with young adults or with anybody really is questioning their faith. If you want to understand your, your faith, you have to know why God says certain things, why God doesn't say certain things, why God you know, engages with people in a specific way, rather than just being saying, okay, well, well I, I'm told that if I pray this hard, eventually I'll be healed from this thing. And, mm. and then they spend their whole life praying and they're never healed or they're never, they never find clarity. They never find peace because they, they never learned what it meant to engage with God. They never learned what it meant to, to avoid sin or to avoid, um, the world or whatever you know they've just kind of been forced to believe what they have to believe in and i i I know that it's because it's easier to control people that way and from a like a pastoral perspective if if i have a group of people and i'm and it's my responsibility to keep them from from you know getting in danger i will just tell them danger is danger because it's danger don't go over there uh, that's easier to do that. And so you scare them into the pews, you, you corral them and you scare them into this little tight knit circle. But eventually what could happen is if something happens to the leader, then you have this flock of people that's just scared. They don't understand why they're scared. They just know that they're scared. Mm. Whereas if I, as a leader, teach them, this is why you avoid this. This is why you don't go running in that direction. This is why the wolves are bad. Then we have more people within the flock that are able to tell the others like, hey, don't go in that direction. And, it's, and so it's not just one person's responsibility, but it's multiple people's responsibility. And we're all holding each other accountable. We all have that community that we're working together to move forward rather than you know, just the one pastor and, and his flock and, and he scares them into, into never sinning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I've, I've grown up in the church long enough to know the pastor says one thing, the congregation does another thing, but on Sunday mornings, they don't talk about what they did Monday through Saturday. Yeah. Like we're just, let's just pretend we didn't do any of that stuff. Um, and that's, I mean, that's, that's a waste of time. That's just a waste of, that's just a waste of a life to, mm. to, to spend it that way. 
Well, I get the vibe from Beth as the author in, in this, in our book here, not done yet, that the invitation is into community to foster community that welcomes those questions that welcomes the, the, the person and the young adult at wherever they're at in the journey. If they've grown up in the church and they're far from God, will they feel at home in young adult ministry because there's a place for their, um, their questions and, and their concerns, their cynicism. If, if they're new to faith um, or just, just kind of exploring faith in Christ um, is our, is our approach towards young adult ministry, a place where, where that, that person exploring faith, that person that's new to Christ is going to be able to ask questions. So that's, that's, I mean, I, I think we get that in the introduction and, 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 and in the chapter, what other highlights do you have in your reading? What other stuff popped out to you and you thought, Oh, this is, this is pretty good. Or I'm not sure about that. Um, let me look. Sorry, my dog just sneezed. It's okay. Uh, the, so one thing that I found interesting. Wait, sorry. I, I don't want to be rude, but I just want to say bless you to your dog. Because <laughs> I, I, I mean, you, I felt accountable now that you told me that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I, the uh, black, uh, Pat, I'm not, I'm not telling you to bless your dog. I'm saying that I wanted this. <laughs> never mind. I don't, the other day I was in the doctor's office and somebody sneezed and then somebody kind of looked around like, who's going to say it? And I'm just like <laughs> in my phone and they're like, bless you. Like, okay, fine. I'll do it. If you, totally yeah. yeah that's right right well i will feel blessed if you share some highlights with me eden yeah let me so there was a they talked about um the expectations for young adults uh that if you know it, when they get married and have kids that's when they come back to the church and and it so i've always seen it as kind of a, i mean dangerous because you 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 raise them kids ministry middle school ministry then you know high school ministry and then you just send them off to college um without any kind of structure and then you're surprised when they come back with these weird beliefs and these weird you know things and, and weird ideas um but in the book she talks about how the difference between young adults back then is that they would get married at like 22 like a, a man would be married by the time he was 22 and now a man is married by the time he's 29 or something and uh same with women like there's a huge difference in the age that when they when they get married and when they have their first yeah. kids compared to you know 30 40 years ago and and then it talked about you know the the amount of student loans that you know, young adults have to take on today versus mm. 30, 40 years ago. One of the, one of the my, my pet, pet peeves when talking to older people about about like life back then and now is like somebody will tell me, you know, you just, you just need to pay, you know, pay your way through school. When I was in college, I sold sandwiches and paid for my tuition that way. It's like if I sold sandwiches, I would have to sell <laughs> thousands of sandwiches to pay for my school. But if I'm selling thousands of sandwiches, I won't have time to go to school because I'll have to I'll have to make all these sandwiches. And you'll still be uh, in debt. And I'll still be in debt. Yeah, and and yeah. so it's it's a different, it's a it's a whole different world today for young adults than it was back then. And, and we're but we're still holding young adults to the same standard of when are you going to come back to church? Mm -hmm. When are you going to get married and have have kids? And you know, we my wife and I just had our first kid, and everybody's asking us, "When's when are you having the second one?" It's like oh we might not have the second one. This is uh, this is harder than we thought, you know. And and you know, it's all God's God's timing and, and God's and God's call on well, our you lives. Could just but... you could just give him Andy Minio's response. What's that? Right now, we just practicing. <laughs> you know, practicing, practicing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I love that song. That. I love I love seeing it really loud when I'm in the car with my kids. It's it gets super <laughs> awkward. Dad is so cringy um okay kind of right? yeah three three kids well, i have a daughter in college i'm one about to go to we're going to do a college college visit at a different school for my son on actually tomorrow actually invited his mom it's COVID. you can only take one parent who does he invite his mom why because mom is better with the school stuff apparently you didn't make the cut man i'm sorry yeah i know that's that i mean that's really what's behind it and and i and i get that i'll i'll suffer in silence but not so silent uh here's a question coming from the um the facebook live crowd Ooh, all right I'm, i i don't want to use people's last names That's just fine. to protect their identity but uh, this person's first name is abby mm. 
I don't know if that sounds familiar or not, but I know a few. Do you know? Few, Adam? You know, you do. Yeah, you do. might want to talk with your wife named Abby about that later. But <laughs> Abby says, "Why do you think young adults have been largely overlooked by the church in the first place?" This is a great question. Like, why is this even an issue? Why do we have to talk about this? I think it's because they've been outsourced to colleges. The responsibility of young adults, like it's it's college's problem now, and. And so they've just been handed off to the Nazarene school that they send their kids to. Um, but now, you know, but a majority Nazarene don't go to Nazarene schools. A majority exactly. have never, ever gone to Nazarene schools. They've gotten a job. They've gone to junior college, community mm-hmm. college, state school, you know, wh- whatever. So this is not a new issue. Um, and I, I think her question is, is great. And I think you're right on too. It's like, a, well, we, we did the best that we could during youth ministry. And now it's just time to be an adult, which is yeah. what this introduction and chapter is addressing of those milestones are no longer set in the same places. It's like they're spaced out way farther and in a different order. Yeah. The expectation that's being templated down on top of young adults. Yeah. And I understand why they want to keep them to the same standard, but we also have to realize it's a whole different world. It's a whole different ballgame. We can't expect them to behave or do things the way that we grew up doing because, you know, you, you just, it's, it's, it's unrealistic. And then, you know, Nazarene schools tend to be more expensive. You know, they're private schools. Um, they're good schools, but they're expensive. You know, you, you go to a Nazarene school versus a state school, you're going to, you're going to pay $30,000 more a year. And, Unless you're getting a degree in something like, I don't know, engineering, you're not going to be able to pay that back, especially if you go into ministry. If you go into ministry at a Nazarene school and you're you know, paying for this top, top dollar education, you're going to, you know, you're going to leave with like $80,000 worth of debt. You, you might not ever make $80,000 a year as a pastor. Yeah, you're going to be, you, you're going to be pulled. But it's okay because God called you to it. So Yeah, right. Exactly. It'll work out. God called you to it. You'll, you'll so, walk through it. So, I mean, the, sometimes I get that response of like, asking what's going on with young adult ministry on the USA Canada region and the church of the Nazarene. And they go, Oh, well, we have, you know, we have nine universities and colleges. So that's probably okay. But we know that most aren't going to those. So let's back up a second and just let's ask, let's ask at the local, the local church level. And and then the demographics and the context are so different, Mm -hmm. but why, why is there a constant need to be having to talk about, we should be doing something with young adults at the local church level, um, because we've got young adults connected to our churches. We've got young adults in our communities. We have them coming back and visiting sometimes from college or university, but working in you know working around us and everything that we and, and how we navigate life, we bump into young adults like all the time. But at the local church, the local Nazarene church specifically, why is it such a challenge to have? an ongoing type of focus and ministry with young adults, do you think? I think because there's just such a distance between the older generation and the younger generation. I think if, if churches really want to grow in that, in that direction, they need to, they need to commingle. It shouldn't just be young adults hanging out with young adults. It should be senior adults hanging out with young adults and yeah. You know, kids hanging out with the teens and teens hanging out with young adults. Like they, we should all be, we should all be, it shouldn't be sectioned. It shouldn't be, you know, you go to your section of the church building and we're going to go to our section and you're going to- The silos. Your songs. Yeah. Um, I think it's damaging. I think it's, it's, it's a toxic thing to have in, in community is that's that level of separation. I understand we all learn in different ways at different ages. And so I'm not saying that, that we should all be in the same room and learning in the same, the same things at the same time. I don't think that, but there should be ways that young adults engage with older adults. Like one, one thing that, that we do here is um, for Christmas, the young adults are, are invited to like five or six uh, houses for a Christmas party. And we do like a rotation Christmas party. We go to one house and we go to another house and another house and we ended at we ended at, at at another house and we have dinner with where we have a meal we have something with the host of each house and each of these hosts like they engage with the young adults they talk with them they get to know them and and it's right a on. yearly thing we didn't we didn't do it for for this for covid but we have those kinds of events happen regularly and it's it's to close the gap between the older generation and the young adult generation and then the teens we have a lot of young adults 
that attend our church because we have a university here in, in town, but also because a lot of young adults just, they didn't go to college at, at, at you know, Nazarene, whatever school, they, they went to UNM. It's yeah. cheaper to go to UNM, it's cheaper to go to CNM and they can get their degree for a quarter of the price. And so they stay here, they stay in town. And so we were able to engage with them a lot easier than others. And we've had a lot of young adults that, that show up to our church and they just Google Nazarene churches and, and you know, they, they, they show up at our, at our building and they stay because we engage with them. As soon as we see a young adult, we're like, hey, what's up? What are you doing here? How'd you find us? You know, right. And we've had just a lot of success with that. We've had a lot of people just show up and stay because we invite them into our community. It's not just like, hey, thanks for coming to Sunday morning. And here's how, here's how many more services we have. And here's how you can volunteer. And here's how you can do this. And that's like, no, welcome. Here's what we have going on. Let's hang out. Let's go have dinner. Let's go yeah. eat something. I don't it's know. not how do you plug into our program? It's, oh, it's yeah. how do we get to know you as a person? Yeah. How can we serve you and how can we work together? It's, it's, that's, that's exactly what it is. You know, in the last couple of weeks, um, I had a, an email forwarded to me from, from our church office and, um, actually, no, this one wasn't forwarded. This one came in through our, our, our young adult, uh, contact form on our website. And I didn't recognize, um, the, the girl's name and know who she was. And I, did a quick, you know, Facebook stock to be like, is this somebody I'm somehow connected with and don't know? And, and so then I asked um, a, a person on staff, I just said, Hey, do you, have you met this person? They're, you know, let me ask me about young adult stuff. And I'm just trying to get an idea of if they're already connected in some way before I, you know, type an irrelevant response and email. And they're like, no, we, we're not, we're not sure they are. Just go ahead and email. And I'm like, okay. So I, I emailed this was a response back from the, the young adult and she responded in our emerging young adult group, which is like 23 to 29. Her, her response back was, um, uh, which church was this? was this? I emailed a lot of churches and I was like, Oh, I was like, uh, this is our church and just want you to know you're welcome. And here's what we have, you know, places to connect. We'd love to meet you. And I just, she was looking, she was new to town. She'd moved to town and she wanted to connect and, and, and faith community. And I, th I thought that that was really cool, but she was, she was church shopping. And you know what, yeah. that's part of it. There's, there's options. Um, but what I've seen be really rewarding for young adults. And also for me as someone, a part of the church that you were just talking about is when I, when I look out on a Sunday morning and I see young adults that have a genuine relationship with elderly folks in our church that they're not related to, just because somebody took the time to get to know somebody else mm -hmm. and, and they want to sit next to each other during worship, during the music, during teaching mm -hmm. and, and be, and, but, but, but then there are people together just outside of that. It's not just about that activity, but then those same young adults want to connect with other young adults that are doing stuff in the church. And then I see other ones that are serving in different places. And when they have those points of connection, um, I think that's what, that's what helps what, what the author talks about is bright spot churches is in, in inviting young adults into things, but like not having the expectation that because you're a young adult, then if you're going to stick around here, then we're going to put you to work. That needs yeah. to be an authentic response in the spirit from that young adult. And, and that's flowing out of that real um, genuine relationship that you've just um, mentioned, mentioned so many times. Yeah, and then one other thing is when you, if you if you invite young adults into your your church, and you invite them onto any kind of volunteer thing, you know, or any kind of you know involvement, uh, the author was talking about it a little bit, and there was another book that I read. I can't remember the title of it, um, but it talked about letting letting them fail quickly, like letting them mess up, letting them make the mistakes that they yeah. need to make without. Like, oh, you messed up like that. Take, give me the keys. You know, we're, you're done. You're not going to, you're not going to serve here anymore. You know, you sang the weirdest song ever, or you, <laughs> you showed up in, you know, a t-shirt and, and shorts. Like, you know, that's, yeah, I did. Let, let them make the mistakes that they need to make and then just include them. They're not, they're not going to look like you. You can't expect them to look like you. They're entirely different generations, entirely different cultures. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It is. Um, Eden, we had we had one other question that came through, um, 
And I wanted to ask you if you had another highlight that you wanted to share before we got off here. I pre appreciate you taking time this afternoon. I'm kind of feeling spoiled that being states apart, yet we're still in the same time zone for this one. Yeah. Um, but just want to want to honor your your time uh, together here. Um, here's the question that came in. How do you go from enjoying community with other ministry-minded young adults to gathering and attracting new young adults, maybe even non-believers, into community? What do you think about that? So, so, so how do we... So you've got a gathering of young adults that are authentically connecting together in the church, okay? They're, they're all, you know, like, they love Jesus, they're following the Lord, they're part of the church. Great. Now, how, how do you get that to move from just being that to inviting young adults that aren't believers yet in into that community setting and to be a part of 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 the church like what what is yeah. what are your thoughts so, around what that looks like so i think it, it should be heavily focused on still gathering and just having having the young adults that are you know christ-minded to invite their friends and don't but don't invite them to, like i would say don't do it at the church building meet somewhere else mm. go literally anywhere else like go be the church someplace else even like go be the church someplace else yeah exactly. weird weird and, stuff and, and don't, yeah and don't make it a you know a bible study like hey, we're gonna have dinner at you know whatever's house and we're gonna have a quick bible study then we're just gonna hang out like no just just go go hang out with with young adults and have them invite their friends and just and just talk with them just hang out there don't just don't be weird about it. Just hang out. Like hey, it's, it's not, it's not so, it's not don't make so it weird. Sometimes. Yeah. Don't make it weird. That's Just what my kids, that's what my son says to me all the time. Dad, you're making it weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm good at this. That's the one thing I'm good at making it weird. <laughs> yeah. But I would, I would say, uh, you know, young adults have friends, you know, they, they might not have a lot of friends, but they have friends that aren't Christian. Just hang out somewhere else other than the church building. Go, do something else go play games go i don't know go hiking we've gone hiking with people that don't believe in god like we've had we've got we've done that that kind of stuff like it's those are my favorite hikes <laughs> yeah. yeah and then and then just have you know just develop new interests go to go to different things it doesn't always have to be a group effort if you if you like painting take a painting classes if there's young adults there you can engage with them talk with them yeah well and i've told people too they're like uh, I was in a, a clergy dialogue for the Northwest with the Nazarene church on a, in a zoom meeting a couple weeks ago. And, you know, somebody was like, well, what if you don't have young adults, a part of your church? I'm like, do you eat at restaurants? Do you go to coffee shops? Like, are there young adults that are just a part of the fabric of the community in which you live? And the chances are, however big or small the town is that you live in, there's young adults around you, but but if I get so narrow-minded into thinking like we don't have any young adults in our church, go and be the church to young adults in a way that's life-giving and inviting by your lifestyle, not because you're trying to do something to them, not because you have an agenda, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, we're fortunate that we have young adults, you know, kind of pumped into our church. But if, if I was at a church that had no young adults at all in the congregation, I would I would set up shop at coffee shops and I would even like there was there was one thing that we were doing here with a, with some friends that was um, it wasn't part of the church it was just something that Christian friends were doing uh, it was called the Doubters Club where we just would meet mm. with people that didn't believe the same way we believed and we just engage with them we just talk with them and get to know each other and and the the whole point of it was let's just talk and it, it was I mean the Doubters Club was founded through a christian um but the intention of it it was just just meet people meet with people that don't have your same beliefs and talk with them it's okay so to it's, doubt it's okay bring to doubt. your doubts yeah. let's do it yeah and and if you you know if you're if you're worried about being asked a question that you don't know the answer to that's fine just tell them you don't know the answer and tell them we'll talk about it next week and now you have another meeting for next week like that's that's just if if, if i was at a church that had no young adults and somebody said let's start a young adult ministry I wouldn't build some program or have some room that's like designed really cool and have lights. No, spend the money that you have, go to a coffee shop, go to a restaurant and just try to engage with people there. Open up the conversation, put up a sign like, I don't know, let's talk about Jesus or something. Like just just be, be there in, in the places where young adults are and just engage with them, have a genuine interest with, with people 
maybe maybe don't say let's talk about jesus because that would probably just be weird <laughs> just you're sitting in a coffee shop with a sign that says let's every talk time about every time i come near their table they always like start talking really loud about god what's that yeah. what's that all that about <laughs> yeah yeah i mean well even let's let's wrap this up with this give it give us one more quote from either the introduction or the chapter that you found super meaningful give us a thought about that and then we'll call it good so there was this one many young people i met at burning man were spiritual bright bright coolers or do-it-yourselfers they had a cut and paste approach to religion or spirituality picking and choosing from a plethora of choices and resources to put them to put together a spiritual life that worked for them and that that really stood out to me because it's it, it makes sense that, that this generation would do that kind of a thing um and it's but it's it's in my opinion it's a result of not being able to ask the questions that they needed to ask and not getting the answers that they needed and and it's not that they were looking for the right answer they were just looking for an answer that made sense they weren't asking they, they, they wanted to know something and rather than hearing a genuine answer they were just told don't ask that mm. don't we don't talk about that or god says this and god god's word is very clear you know it says it says it's bright and day or, or night bright as light or whatever the quote is like it's it's in scripture and i understand what they mean by that but i also like I have, I have, I've, I've read the Bible a few times. I have a master's degree in biblical exposition. Like the Bible is clear about some things, but other things it's like, you got to dig into it a little bit more. And if you don't have any of that knowledge, you're not going to be able to do it correctly. And most people that, that just kind of give these blanket statements about the Bible don't really understand what the Bible says in the first place. And so they end up giving these really vague answers, these very, really condemning answers to the questions that people have and it's it's not just young adults but we're that's the focus right now you know we have to yeah. stop ignoring the questions that people are asking out of fear of you shouldn't doubt you shouldn't have any worries about your faith you should just know for sure like you that could work but it doesn't anymore they're either gonna they're either gonna stay here a little bit longer and let you talk or they're just gonna leave mm -hmm. and go to burning man or find other ways to engage with their spirituality because young adults are spiritual. We, we have a desire because we are, we're humans. All of us have a desire to worship God. We are designed to worship God. We just, some people just don't know that they're designed to worship God, Yahweh. They just worship whatever they worship their wallet. They worship their, their career. They worship their, their desires. They, they just want They want to worship and everybody has to worship and everybody worships differently. Just some people yeah. worship God and some people worship musicians. They worship the career. They worship the college they went to. They worship their community. Even the community can become an idol very easily if people don't take care of it. Um, the church can become an idol. Oh, the church can very, very much become an idol. Yeah. No, it's, it's good thought and reflection, Eden. And again, thanks for taking the time, man. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to um, close down the, the Facebook live, but let's just stay on a little bit and we'll, we'll chat this thing the rest of the way out for a couple minutes. And, and uh, thanks for being our first guest on our first reader guest on the MCAST with not done yet. It's awesome. I enjoyed it. Had a, had a lot of fun.